The car business is rapidly changing and modern car dealers are meeting the demand. I'm Michael Cirillo, and together we're going to explore what it takes to create a thriving dealership and life in the retail automotive industry. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with subject matter experts that are designed to help you grow. This is The Dealer Playbook. Round two, Flex Dealer booth at NIADA. We were getting into it, and then Paul Daly had to call and ruin the whole thing. We dropped all the knowledge, like all of it. We're like 45 minutes in, Paul, we were doing all the things. Anyways, Danny Zavlovsky, Vin Q, thanks so much for joining me at the booth. Thanks for having me. Okay, so you spoke on a panel yesterday. I did. Uh, You're speaking today. Yep. Tell me about the panel, then give me a sneak peek of the, the session. Yesterday was cool because there was eight of us on the panel. It was about vehicle buying centers past, present, future, and it had different disciplines up there. I represented the technology side of it because it's where my heart is. Others were representing, is a BDC, do you use those assets to start either converting, shaping, morphing into also a VBC and do the do like, do like the same metrics, the funnel right. apply, right? Yeah. There was a lady up there, Wendy Reeves, who was talking about outsourcing VBCs to the Philippines. And Maybe you don't need to hire people on the ground. Maybe you use outsourced VBCs. There were people up there talking about AI for the top of the funnel. There are also people that have ran BDCs and VBCs for 10 years and talking about how training has evolved. So that was really cool because everybody got to contribute. And our moderator, Angela, was fabulous because it wasn't just her questions. It was questions from the audience. So there was a ton of people in the audience that some are buying 50 cars a month. Some are just getting started. Some guy was buying 140 cars a month. And the needs that those people have are different, right? So it was, wasn't just the panel. It was really the audience. And it turned out to be really good energy. Yeah, I love that. Anytime you can get that interaction, it's almost like stand-up comedians. They're like, oh, that room was you know, yeah. they're, they're getting that live feedback. And that certainly sounds like... Well, it's, it was like a culture around it today, right? Because acquisition, my dream was to create, for my dealership, was to create an engine that could be self-sustaining, that a sales manager didn't have to get up and leave in the middle of the day and go to the auction and buy cars and have a race to the top and then show up to the store and then have a race to the bottom and try to live in the middle and to try to provide for not only all of the team members, but the owners and everybody else. It was a tough battle. When you include everybody, we talked about like when someone at your dealership answers the phone, do they say... Hi, thanks for calling ABC Motors. Or do they say, hey, are you calling about buying a car or selling a car? Because then permeate into the culture of acquisition and everybody starts thinking about it. And how do you feed those VBCs so they don't live on islands? I love it. Um, you have a unique vantage point of having a tech company that does amazing inventory management and marketing. But you're also a dealer. Yes. What do you notice? I mean, because I know you guys are at NADA. You do a lot franchise dealers but being here at niada what are you noticing in as in terms of vibe and maybe the questions that people are asking do you notice any difference between the two franchise and independent world so i believe innovation happens on the front line so in technology people always ask me like how can you do both and my answer is i couldn't not do both because the nuances innovation that happens on the front line for efficiencies to like 
delight customers, to make, create happy team members. All that lives in the little things. And when you're strictly just using technology, you can fall into, I could fall into the trap. Oh, I have an asset, like some data, some insight, some thing would be so cool if I just spent resources and put it into my, my app. But on the ground, people sometimes really don't need it, don't care about it, because it's only a feature if it doesn't live within the process, the way we think about it. And so the biggest gap that I see is in a, independence have so much innovation, so much innovation, and it's not stifled in the least bit. And so they are so good at walking around and creating these partnerships with, with vendor partners and saying, I have a vision. This is how I want to execute it. And I think you could work with this person and together we can accomplish my vision. I don't see as much of that on the franchise world. In the franchise world, it's really more about consolidation. In the franchise world, it's more about how do we get everything under one login. And I can see merit to both sides of it. Do you find as an independent, you're to kind of piggyback on that point, that you're able to move with more flexibility? Because, I mean, when we talk to franchise dealers, they're always like, well, can't do that because this regulation sure. program or that. You know, do you find that you can reinvest perhaps that energy into just, you know, evolving the brand, deepening relationships in the community? Yeah, of course. Okay, so I'll give you a little thing that I did. My dealership at Country Home Motors, I had a little jealousy right. that I'm an independent and I've got, I'm surrounded by Toyota, GM stores, Hendrick stores, the CarMax across the street from me. There's an Audi store behind me. They all have these flags to, to fly that give them instant credibility. I didn't have that. So I was like, how can I create credibility? Well, I knew that if I aligned with other people that share the same why as me, yeah. that were bigger voices, maybe I could garner some of that. Right. So we hooked up 10 years ago with a guy named Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey is a financial guy that talks about staying out of debt. And trade millennial. That's right. And so we're like, okay, cool. Some of his things he talks about really aligns with my dealership. And he was just, he was up and coming back then. And so he had classes that he was teaching, one called Financial Peace University, another one for young adults that was called Freedom and Personal Finance. And we said, how about we teach these at our dealership? At the time, they were teaching them in churches. I didn't want necessarily the pressure of a religious organization. Sure. So I said, hey, how about we do it in a car dealership that's traditionally associated with creating debt? Let's show people how you can actually build wealth by buying in a, in a meaningful way where you understand the value of the asset, you understand residual value, you understand how to help somebody buy their first car, all that kind of stuff. And so we started bringing people in. And all of a sudden, Dave Ramsey started talking about us. And all of a sudden now, and back then, I didn't know what influencer marketing was, sure. right? But that flexibility was only possible because I was an independent. And I love how out of the box the thinking is. Why don't we make our location the center point for this thing that can benefit so many ways right. in the community? Oh, I love it. Not unique in that. I'm not, sure. because I see so many dealers here yeah. that take some version of that and are sure. doing it. Yeah. And I, that's what I get excited about because those ideas are innovative. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And anytime, see, I'm a big proponent of if you focus, you will see all of the tools and resources already available at your disposal to then take them. Like when we talk about innovations, you know, I think of companies, I mean, I think most people would think of companies like Uber, Tesla, you know, Airbnb. Right. But when you really break it down at a granular level, 
what did Uber really come up with? Did they invent the internet? No. Did they invent payment processing? No. Did they invent motor vehicles? No. Did they invent cell phones? No. They simply took all of these existing tools and resources and to your point, assembled them in a creative way that created confidence. Confidence. Create confidence. Created confidence between a buyer and a seller. That's what auctions do. They create confidence between a buyer and a seller. Unfortunately, today, dealers are paying way too much money for confidence. Mm. And so guess what? There are different ways to connect with each other in order to buy cars or to connect directly with the consumer to buy cars. You don't have to pay that much for confidence anymore. Right. Because there's capitalism, thank God. (laughs) There's competition, right? And and there's new ways to to share your brand. So I think that's awesome. Uh, You and I connect, I think, also on on personal levels in that family businesses. Yep. Right. What does that mean to you as you've, you know, I don't want to say taken over, but as you've expanded on what your parents had built, what does that mean to you to, in terms of legacy? And obviously, in an industry where we know there's a lot of second gen, third gen, yeah. fourth gen winners. So I'll share that in two ways. So something I learned through pain about 10 years ago was how not to have a scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. Scarcity mindset to me means like I'm constantly watching what competition's doing. Or maybe if another car dealership opens down the street, we're screwed, right? Or you can, you can start thinking about scarcity mindset in, in a bunch of ways. And it makes me feel small. So once I broke loose of that scarcity mindset and really started an understanding, okay, what are my principles? What are my values? What's my why? What's my dis- How do I want to make impact? I realize that I'm no different than you. And I'm not different than anybody else here. And as I walk around here, something that I really love specifically about this conference is there's less of us and them. So dealers are, are treating vendors as partners and bringing us together, together to work together in order to scale into whatever it is they want to do. That's, and then them being on both sides of it. Yeah. Certainly, I don't like being put in a box and say, well, you're just a vendor. Yeah. No different than me saying you're just a dealer. Yeah. That's silliness. Right. We're here for impact. We're here for, 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 for meaning. And so when I, when I look at my car dealership, I, I've done all the... When I was running the car dealership, I was doing all the things that I thought were unique and innovative until I got onto this side of it and realized, wow, so many others are doing it as well. Giving back sure. to the community, sure. donating cars, doing things that really helped not just my own team, but also the community that I was a part of. All those types of things are so impactful and being able to share them was only possible because of my website company, only because of my digital marketing agency, who the people didn't just do the bare minimum, but actually cared about the mission and vision that I wanted to accomplish. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love the, you know, when you speak, you really get a sense of it's about partnerships. That's it. It's about partnerships. And I mean, I don't, hey, secret. Everyone in this room is a vendor. We're all just vending something. something some are vending vehicles. Yep. Some are I've vending. I've never thought about it that way. <laughs> We're all vendors. So now that that's out of the way, let's just partner up. Let's build right. relationships of trust. I think is so powerful. You know, that's certainly something that I know. I don't know if you meant that for your logo, but that's basically what this is, is, is like two people coming together. We got Colin behind the camera. Did you? Did you? It's literally two people coming together. Partnerships. Yes. Yeah. He says, you got it. Man, I'm so excited. Tell, let's end on this. I want to. I want to learn more about what you're going to be speaking about today because you're speaking later. Yeah, so four o'clock. Yep. Yeah. T- tell me about that. Okay, so I'm the lucky guy that gets to look smart, 
because I've got a small army of people behind me that are serving our dealers, taking feedback, um, and for the purposes of helping them win, and then also ingesting that into our solution so that we can help everyone rise, right? And I get to be the one out there sharing it, but it's these aren't all mine. So I want to be, be clear on that. Inventory management's changing. And what I'm going to be sharing today is what does modern inventory management look like? Because I know when I look at my inventory, and if I have 100 cars in stock, and I want to churn 100 cars, I have to look at it not just from my own sales, not just from acquisition, but also from market demand data, competitor demand data, audience data, like how many locked customers do I have in my CRM on cars that sold that I can I can switch over to other inventory. Right. All these things play a role into it. And technology can make us all efficient, can make us more effective. And so when we take those signals and put them into a system that can help us sell more cars faster and identify vehicles to buy to create a more ideal inventory, then what happens? You lower your customer acquisition costs. You, you lower the cost of acquisition in general. You lower your marketing costs. All those things happen because you're creating a more ideal inventory. And that cycle is only possible with a modern solution. We're lucky that we've gotten to watch the industry evolve over the last 20 years. And five years ago, we started with a blank white piece of paper and said, what can we do today to create something that is truly game-changing and to, to weaponize our clients to win for the future? We, not, we may not be relevant in 10 years, sure. but today... We're all here to make a huge impact. And, and I get to share it at 4 o'clock today. I love it. That's tremendous. Tell me, for those watching and listening, how can they get in touch with you to learn more about Vinkie? Yeah, I mean, me, personally, find me on social. Like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Shoot me a note. Danny Zaslavsky. There's not many of them. <laughs> There's not many hey, of them. I don't know. I was the only Michael Cirillo till the internet. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, Zaslavsky's like... I'm Ukrainian. Right. We used to tell people that we were Russian because nobody knew where Ukraine was, but, but we rebranded. Is that recently. in Arkansas? Yeah, exactly. And so social or obviously vinq.com, check it out. And, and definitely connect with me because I love this industry. I love what I do. And it's also fun because I get to meet people that I would have never been able to innovate next to. And that's what I thrive on. Love it. Danny Zaslavsky. Check out VinQ. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, man. Good to be. I'm Michael Cirillo, and you've been listening to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. Thanks for listening.